Welcome back to Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr. Jeff. And today I have the third episode in my personalised medicine series, Personalised Oncology it's called. And in particular today I want to talk about how the DNA code works to produce proteins. But before I go on I'd say two things. One is that you should listen to episodes one and two on personalised medicine if you're going to understand what I'm going on about today. The other thing to say is that this episode is really for people that want to get their heads around all the detail and the science of personalised medicine. It's not really for everyone. If you're trying to get your head around sort of basic introductory concepts in paediatric cancer and day-to-day things that might happen in the treatment of a child with cancer or leukaemia, well, you might want to skip this episode. But if you really want to understand what's going on when we talk about personalised medicine and, you know, analysing tumours in great detail and working out new treatments to give and all that sort of thing, well, you're going to need to understand some of what I'm talking about here. So I have to give a serious geek alert. There's a lot of sort of basic-y sort of science in here that mightn't be your cup of tea. But just for revision, in the first episode on personalised medicine, I talked about how personalised medicine or personalised oncology really involved analysing a tumour in enormous detail using all these new modern techniques we have to find out everything about the tumour and maybe find a way to treat the tumour that you wouldn't have thought of otherwise. And in the second episode, I explained about proteins and about how proteins are these huge, great molecules and our cells are full of gazillions of different proteins that do all sorts of different things. You know, they make our skin look like skin. They make our bones strong. They make our muscles contract. They make our digestive enzymes work. And in particular, a bunch of proteins are important in controlling how often a cell will divide And that's obviously important if you're talking about cancer. And also, there's proteins that are important to controlling where a cell stays and making sure a cell stays in the right place. And if cancers are going to spread from one part of the body to another, well, there must be something wrong with that system, right? But the key thing that I mentioned about proteins in episode two was that proteins are made up of these things called amino acids, And there's one amino acid attached to another amino acid attached to another one. And there's 20 different amino acids. And hundreds and hundreds of these amino acids get all attached one to another in a big long chain. And that makes a protein. And the sequence of the amino acids is important to working out, well, what sort of protein have you got? What does it do? Does it work properly? Etc. So the sequence of amino acids is the all-important thing for a protein to work properly, to do good things and not to do bad things. And so if I pick a bunch of amino acids in some sort of random sequence, they might go together in a protein, alanine, alanine, glycine, isoleucine, phenylalanine, tryptophan, glycine, proline, etc., 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 for hundreds of these all in a row. And a given cell will be making whatever proteins it's meant to make. 
If it's a muscle cell, it's meant to be making muscle proteins. And it'll be making hundreds of these molecules of proteins, right? It doesn't just make one protein for each cell. No, it makes hundreds and hundreds of these molecules, ideally. And then the proteins go to the right part in that particular tissue and do what they're meant to do. Okay, so now let's get to DNA. DNA, deoxyribonucleic acid, DNA. And what I'm going to explain now is how DNA exists in the chromosomes in the nucleus of the cell. And it's the DNA structure that contains the recipe to make the proteins. So the DNA structure, the sequence of chemicals in DNA, are all important to getting the right sequence of amino acids in the finished protein. And this becomes important when we're talking about cancer, because if the DNA gets messed up, then you get proteins that are messed up, and that might be what causes the cancer, or it might be a clue to what drug might work to treat the cancer. Okay, so within every cell in the body, apart from your red blood cells, there's a nucleus, and the nucleus is the sort of middle part of the cell, and within the nucleus is the DNA. And the DNA is on these things called chromosomes. And we've got 46 chromosomes, right? And we're XX or XY if you're a girl or a boy. But don't worry about that for now. Anyway, on these chromosomes is this DNA. And just imagine the DNA is one big, huge, long, long molecule. Every now and then you read one of those articles, you know, that if you got all the DNA out of a cell and strung it end to end, it'll reach to the moon and back or to Mars or somewhere. I can't remember. But anyway, imagine it as this big, long molecule. Now, if we look at the DNA and look at what it's made up of, what we'll find is that DNA is made up of these things called bases. Bases. And basically, haha, there's four types of bases. And these bases are just smaller molecules. Remember how amino acids are smaller molecules and they get strung together to make a protein? Well, bases are smaller molecules and they get strung together to make DNA. And there's four types of these bases that all get strung together to make DNA. And their names are... Adenine, guanine, thymine, and cytosine. Okay, adenine, guanine, thymine, and cytosine. And they're just four different chemicals, four different molecules. And these get strung one to another, to another, to another, to another. And on it goes to the moon and back into this big, long molecule called DNA. Now, let's abbreviate them. So instead of adenine, guanine, thymine, and cytosine, we'll just have A, G, T, and C. So DNA has a whole bunch of A's, G's, T's, and C's in some complicated order, just strung one after another. So it might just go A, G, T, G, 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 C, C, A, G, T, C, A, G, T, C, A, 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 etc., 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 for miles and miles and miles. But... They're not just assembled in random order. The order of these bases is critically important because the order of the bases in the DNA is going to determine the order of the amino acids in the subsequent 
protein. So the DNA contains the recipe encoded in the bases to produce the right sequence of amino acids in the proteins. So let me tell you how that works. So remember, we've got four different bases, and they all get assembled in a certain order. Now what happens is, every three of those bases in a row, a little triplet of bases, each three will eventually code for an amino acid in the protein that eventually gets produced. As you go along the DNA with all these A's, T's, G's and C's over and over and over again, well, every three has to be treated as a separate little triplet, a little group of its own, because every three are going to code for an amino acid eventually. So let me leap forward a few steps and then I'll come back to the DNA code. So what's going to happen is you have the DNA, it's in the nucleus of the cell, and you've mostly got two copies of every gene. So you've got a copy you got from your mother and a copy you got from your father. But anyway, let's just concentrate on one gene. So the gene for, say, insulin. Insulin, you know, from the pancreas to control your blood sugar. Well, if your cell wants to make insulin, something will tell the cell to make insulin. And then the next thing that will happen is that little strip of DNA that has the right recipe for making insulin, well, it will make a special copy of itself, but this time as something called RNA. So the strip of DNA for insulin will make a sort of mirror image reverse copy of itself as something called RNA, and that'll be called messenger RNA or mRNA. Now the mRNA will leave the nucleus of the cell, go out into the outside part of the cell, and there the sequence of bases in the RNA will be used by the cell's machinery to assemble amino acids in the exact right order to make an insulin protein. So let me say that again. You've got the DNA in the nucleus of the cell for insulin. And when the cell wants to make an insulin protein, it'll copy itself as something called RNA. And this messenger RNA will leave the nucleus, go into the other parts of the cell, and then the cell will assemble amino acids in the exact right order that's specified on the mRNA. So the sequence of those bases in the DNA will determine the sequence of bases in the messenger RNA, and then the cell will use that sequence of bases as the recipe to assemble amino acids in the right order to make some huge great long protein called insulin. And the same thing applies for every other protein that a given cell might make. So a cell that's in your skin that might want to make some collagen. Well, the DNA for collagen is sitting there. Two copies of the DNA for collagen are there. Something about skin cells will tell them, make collagen, make collagen. That's another story. We'll have to come back to that one. But something tells the cell to make collagen. So the cell does that by making a copy of the DNA as something called messenger RNA. This mRNA 
goes out of the nucleus into the rest of the cell and then the cell assembles amino acids in the exact right order that the RNA says to use and then you end up with a collagen protein. And then the cell can do with that whatever it wants. Probably pump it out of the cell and stick it in your skin. So before I get back to the DNA code, let me just stress two things here. The first is that sequence, right? It goes from a strand of DNA to form a mirror image copy called RNA. The RNA goes out into the outside of the cell and is used to assemble amino acids in the exact right sequence to produce the finished protein. And by the way, that copy of the DNA to make RNA, that's called transcription. Transcription. And then when the RNA is used to make a protein in the exact right order, that's called translation. So the DNA is transcribed to RNA, and then the RNA gets translated into protein. And then a whole lot of other complicated stuff happens to the protein and bits get cut off it and added to it and so on. But that's called post-translational modification and we don't have to talk about it. Okay, so that was the first thing I wanted to mention before we get back to the code. The other thing to mention is that in each cell we have two genes for each protein. One that we got from our mother and one that we got from our father. But we can make multiple copies of that gene as RNA. So if you're a skin cell, you don't just make two copies of the collagen RNA. No, you can make dozens and dozens and hundreds and hundreds of copies of RNA. You just keep on copying and copying and copying. It's like having the master document that you just keep taking to the photocopier and you make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of copies. And each of those copies of RNA goes out into the cell and makes one copy of the protein. So for your two copies of the DNA gene for every protein, you can make hundreds and hundreds of copies of the finished product protein. So it really is like a recipe, right? It's like having a recipe for making a cake. You've got one recipe, but you use it to make thousands of cakes. But if the recipe is faulty and it says to use one egg instead of three, well, all of the cakes will be faulty. So again, DNA is copied to RNA, that's transcription. The sequence of the RNA is translated to give you the right amino acids all in a row to give you your protein, and then your protein does whatever it's meant to do. All right, now let's get back to the DNA sequence, and I want to talk about those triplets. Remember I talked about little groups of three bases in a row. Three bases, three bases. So AGC, then a TAA, then a GCC, etc., Every little group of three has to be treated as a separate little triplet. And the reason is that each little group of three bases contains the code for what will be one amino acid in the finished protein. Let me give you some examples. If the DNA has a GAA sequence, all right, so it's got a guanine followed by an adenine, followed by an adenine. Well, after that gets converted to RNA, and then the RNA is used to assemble a protein, well, the amino acid that gets added from a GAA is the amino acid called glutamine. Remember I said there's about 20 amino acids that all get added 
one after another after another to form a protein? Well, glutamine is one of those. And if the DNA has GAA, well, then eventually you'll get a glutamine added as the amino acid. But if the DNA has CAT, so cytosine, adenine, thymine, well, then the amino acid that'll get added onto the protein is histidine. If the DNA says ATG, adenine, thymine, guanine, in a little triplet, well, then you'll get a methionine amino acid added to the protein. And so on and so on and so on. I mean, if you do the maths, if you've got four bases, well, it turns out there's 64 combinations if you put three in a row, right? T-A-T, T-A-C, T-G-G, etc. If you add them all up, there's 64 combinations. And these combinations of three bases in a row are all used to code for the different amino acids that will eventually be added to a protein as it's being made. And there's a bit of duplication. So, so TTT and TTC, well, they both code for the same amino acid. That's phenylalanine. And then there's four different combinations of three that'll code for proline. So there's a bit of duplication. But anyway, these triplets of bases in DNA each are going to specify the right amino acid being added to the protein later on in the cell. And by the way, each of these triplets of three bases are called a codon. Okay, a codon. So each codon is three bases, and each codon will eventually code for one amino acid being added to the protein later on. And then there's some other special codons. So there's one called a start codon. That's the ATG. So if the DNA has an ATG, well, that's the start codon. And so that's where the sequence will start for a given protein. And then later on, there's ones called a stop codon. That's the end of the protein coding. That's TAA or TGA or TAG. There are really smart people who know all of this stuff off by heart, by the way. They can tell you the DNA codon sequence for every amino acid. I don't happen to be one of those, but I'm sure they exist. But anyway, you've got this DNA molecule and it's a few miles long. And let's imagine as you go along it, you come to the gene for collagen. And then you go along and there's a bit of sort of nonsense DNA that doesn't do much. It's called the non-coding DNA. And then you get to another coding area, say it's the gene for insulin. And then you go through another, you know, a few miles of DNA that aren't that important for coding for anything. And then you get to the gene for, I don't know, keratin, right, to make hair. But at the start of each of these genes, there'll be that start codon. So the cell knows start here. And then it'll go through all those codons, those triplets of three, and then it'll get to the stop codon, and then it knows stop here. So it makes an RNA copy that goes from the start codon to the stop codon, and that's the RNA that gets pumped out to then be translated into a protein. Anyway, so that's how it all works. So we have the DNA, and we have, for each protein, we usually have two genes. And the gene is the strip of DNA that codes for the production of the one protein. And we have two copies because we got one from our mother and one from our father. And each gene has these DNA bases all in the exact right sequence. And each group of three bases 
is called a codon. And when the DNA is copied to RNA, it's a mirror image of the codons. And then the RNA goes to the rest of the cell and the codons tell the cell which amino acids to add one by one by one by one, hundreds of thousands to get the right protein. So now you can see why having the right sequence of DNA becomes very important. And if you mess up the sequence of DNA, all sorts of things can go screwy. And I'll talk about all of that in the next episode to talk about what happens when something goes wrong with the DNA sequence in a cell because all sorts of things can go wrong if the DNA sequence gets corrupted in some way. Anyway, I'll leave it there. I'm sorry this is a very geeky episode of all sorts of basic science, but anyway, tell me if it's been useful, if it makes sense, or if I've just totally confused everything. Leave a message at my Facebook page. Let me know. I have to confess my own head is spinning, so if it doesn't all sort of fit together very well, do let me know. But for now, I'll leave it there. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr. Jeff. I'll talk to you next time. Bye now.